0: Welcome to the Alouettes Flight Deck, the podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouettes football. I'm Cliffy D. You can find me on Twitter at Cliffy D.
1: And I'm Tim Capper. You can find me on Twitter at Repack. It's R-E-P-P-A-C-T. And this podcast is presented by our good friends over at Sport Buff, where if you use the discount code FLIGHTDICK-10 at checkout, you'll earn 10% off your entire orders. Head over to sportbuffshop.com. Well, we didn't kill each other after three days in Troy That's a good sign.
0: Oh, if anything, I mean, I, listen, I think we established how well we traveled together yeah. when we went to Atlantic City to watch the Arena Football League. Agreed. And despite like the, the, the two plus year hiccup of, that is COVID 19, I think we were both Jones in for an honest to goodness football road trip. And even though it didn't go quite as we had hoped and what we had envisioned, <laughs> like I, would, I have to like say, our accommodations. <laughs> well, listen. Between the accommodations, between the wacky ass weather, between yeah. everything yeah, going, that was going, happening, yeah, heat to cold, the heat to cool. Ah, oh, like, like the Katy Perry song: "You're hot and you're cold." Yes. You know, it's like just oh yes, you're yes and you're no, yes. like uh, you're in like and up, you're out,
1: up, yeah. you're up and you're down. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, it it, it was it, it was such an interesting weekend in so many respects. But seriously, man, I think we had an amazing time. I At least too. I I, ser- I certainly had an amazing. No, time. No, no,
1: I had a good time too. I really did have a good time too. I, I think it was, I think the funny thing was, and this is no slight on the city of Torrever in any way. It's just a matter of what were we going to do during the off time, you know. It's not yeah. like it's a gray cup where you have something scheduled the entire time, you know, basically the entire time during you know, this you know stuff scheduled. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, even even us were able to do a, a behind the scenes test for something that may or may not be coming up very shortly. So, you know,
0: it, yeah, because we had, we as we said we had a lot of great envisionments of what we wanted to do for this. This long weekend that happened, but again, because of the CFL strike 1.0 uh, that uh, <laughs> came about, a, a lot of our plans kind of just got, uh, you know, put in the trash. Yeah. It yeah. happens. Yeah, yeah. So we, we regrouped. We Okay, we came up with a plan B and we just said, okay, let's let's see what we can do to make things work. And yeah, I mean, we we got to see a, sort of a lay of the land and try to figure things out. So I think for the most part, the coverage that we were able to provide on the Flight Deck uh, Twitter account – and through pretty much through all the social medias, I think we did an okay job. I mean, like I said, it wasn't quite how we envisioned it, but I think for the most part we were all able to get the message across. I think people were really appreciative of the fact that we were out there at camp mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, sharing things and just finally getting a chance to see the players in a training camp environment for the first time since 2019 is absolutely incredible. Yeah, no,
1: I completely agree with you. I mean, it's... It, it, it's, you know, it's been, it's different than because in the past, you yourself, I think at one point, I can't remember where camp was being held, but you spent, I think, basically a week at camp. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gone to single day games like, you know, inter squad game or, or when they was being held, we went uh, two days in a row over the Victoria Day weekend also at Percival Molson. Uh, this, this was slightly different, obviously, but, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's good practice, so to speak, because if, you know, depending on where training camp is going to be in 2023, um, could be anywhere from Trois-Verts to Quebec City. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, you heard me correct. Um, you know, it, it's just, it just get you know, you know, hopefully we'll be able to do things bigger and better,
0: you know. No, that's it. I think uh, provided the dust settles and stays settled over the next couple of years. I think now we've kind of got a bit of a blueprint of what we want to do and what how we would like to do training camp for not just, you know, the flight deck but beyond that even, like for all of our potential social media me- mediums if you will. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think this weekend kind of gave us some ideas of like, okay, well, you know what? Why don't we try this? Why don't we try that? Could, could this work? You know, like we we asked a lot of questions like of you know, the, the the scenarios that were in front of us, we asked a lot of questions of ourselves, too. And, you know, like, it, it's a learning process. And I'm I'm pretty encouraged with what we've learned. And I'm really eager to put it into use, hopefully, next year, regardless of where training camp is going to be. Yeah. If it's in Trois-Rivières, then, yes, we have a better idea of what's happening, what's what's doing up there. If they do decide to have training camp back in Montreal, then okay, fine. We we adjust to that as well. And as we were told, that is very much a possibility. You could be seeing Montreal Alouettes training camp in 2023 take place in Quebec City. So that would be very interesting as well because, once again, you're throwing yet another wrinkle into the plans. And you know what? Whatever the the league or the team decides they want to do for next year, I I won't say we will be 100% ready for it because we don't know what's going to happen. But Whatever the whatever's going to be presented in front of us, we will at least have this experience to fall back on, and learn from, and grow with. Exactly.
1: Um, uh, you know, it, it, it was pretty fitting. I think um, uh, I think it was Marco Olivier Pereira who said who said to you. You know, coming to the first day of camp, he goes, "What did he say? You always come repping or something, something to that effect." When he, he saw you with your uh, your podcast merch on, is that what he said to you? Something as I said, I think uh, it was something like that. And,
0: it, it wasn't Mark. it was uh, Eric DeLoria. Oh, sorry, Eric the,
1: DeLoria. Uh, Eric DeLoria.
0: Yes, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, he knows. He knows. And, you know, big fan of the show, too, which we appreciate. I mean, it's 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 really been amazing to me to learn just over the past couple of weeks and months, just how many people in within the organization are listening to the podcast. And believe me, we appreciate each and every one of you guys listening to us. Like I said, we, we do this for you. We do this for the fans. So, you know, it, it's so awesome that you reach out to us and you see us out there working, too. So that's great. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Um... But, yeah, I, mean, I think it started off really, really well. I mean, first and foremost, I'm going to give props to the uh, – um, to Sejip uh, trois and their their football team, the Diablos. I mean, that stadium's nice, man. I mean, it's – you and I were trying to come up with an idea of what, at least in the Montreal area, what Sejip has a, a, a permanent stadium like that that holds about, about approximately 2,000 people. And we could mm-hmm. really couldn't come up with one because – we know that none of the, as far as we know, none of the English stations that play football have that type of thing. Uh, yeah. You know, Vanny does not, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Abbott does not. It's John Abbott college. Right. Um, you know, say, Saint Laurent plays, I think at UDM, if I remember correctly. Mm. Uh, uh, Andre Grasset. I don't know what Andre Grasset has, but a bit, again, it's, it's, I'm just trying to think of them off the top of my head. The ones that have football. It, it was a gorgeous. It was a gorgeous location. It really, really was. And it's funny how I was so awestruck by those stupid stadium lights.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, no, yeah. it was. It's definitely a, a nice little stadium. Uh, and what I was really struck by was uh, every ta- every camp session that we attended people that were there from Trois Riviere and they were rocking gear from the the Diablos, which is the name of the Sejup uh, the, the football team, they were representing the Sejup team. Yeah. Like just showing up for Aloes practice, but wearing like uh, hoodies or t-shirts, you know, basically repping, repping their hometown team, so to speak, which I thought was really cool. I thought it was a great way to have, you know, have that representation, uh, Really great for the the sea ship too, and at least it had to be great for the Alouettes too to see that the the city that they're partnering with, like the people, were coming out and supporting them mm-hmm. and their training camp endeavors. But still, at the same time, letting everybody know that yeah, you know, we're, we're here to see you guys, but at the same time, this is our house, and I got nothing but respect for that. Like I, I really thought it was amazing that the 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 community in Trois Rivieres came out in full force for the most part. And really supported this endeavor by the LOS. For sure.
1: Did, by the way, did you think it's very apropos that the first day that we you, were all there? Uh, and then we have a weather delay?
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, this was something else. I mean, it was raining on our drive up to Trois-Rivières. Okay, this was expected. And we saw, like, thunderstorm watch. Like, okay, let's see how that goes. But we pulled into the parking lot. And... You know, clear skies. Uh, it was a little bit sunny, but you can tell it had rained. But okay, let's 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 go. So we we settle into our seats, uh, toweled them off because they were a little, you know, a little wet from a. I guess it must have been a bit of a downpour there. So you know, towel them off and we're ready to go. Uh, guys are coming out, uh, you know, playing some music on the loudspeakers, you know, getting everybody loose and everything that. And then you hear. Pull. I think thunder. you and I saw lightning first off in the distance. Uh, you're right. We did. I did see a, a flash right away. Like, yeah. oh shoot! Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> what, what what's the protocol here? And then, sure enough, uh, they basically the coaches basically rounded up the players and told them back to the locker room. It was even funnier when it
1: occurred, when the first thunder with the uh, the first thunderclap, the, the entire team.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah, like, oh gosh! <laughs> like, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because. I mean, again, when it comes to training camp, it's we've seen all sorts of weather, not like Winnipeg, where they've gotten snow during their training camp session earlier last week. Mm-hmm. but uh, we've seen some different weather conditions happening during training camp. And I don't ever recall seeing like a thunderstorm or lightning even at a camp. So this is this was uncharted territory for. I guess everybody really. Oh, with so
1: with what Montreal has recently, when it comes to the history versus Mother Nature and games being can games being ended prematurely. Hmm. Um, I was, you know, we were curious to you know what this, what the, what the status was going to be. Considering what's funny is at the same time, uh, they, the the Alice had two refs there, that you know, and Andre Prou was there, and I was like, oh, we should have asked him. <laughs> <laughs> what the new what the current status is with the CFL is it still an hour? I mean if does that mean would that mean that if you know if it's if if there had been more of a delay would the uh who who would have gotten the win? Uh <laughs> yeah. do, do training camps get an asterisk? The the Diablos would have gotten the win. Uh, <laughs> but overall I mean it was fun. I mean we got to see the guys a lot of the guys that we do know on the team they they were You know, they were genuinely happy to see us there. Uh,
0: Surprised even.
1: Yeah, got to see, uh, obviously, Joey Alfieri, uh, their new social media guy. It was great seeing him as usual. Um, And by the way, if nobody's ever talked to Joey before, if if you don't know what he looks like, you should get to know what he looks like and, and talk to him if you can during the games. Because the guy is, I mean, yes, he did work for TSN 690 for all those years. But the, the dude is really very knowledgeable. And obviously now being a part of the Alowitz franchise and their organization, rather, uh, the, the dude even has more, a, a wealth of more knowledge. So, but then, as then like I said, the players, it was great to see the reaction, as I said, to, to, you know that, that show that we're there, we're there to support them.
0: You know. No, it was excellent. It was... Uh it was great to see actual football action on the field and then great to talk to these guys afterwards and just, yeah, you could tell they were excited. They were, there was hype. And I think there was a sense of relief because let's not forget like there, there was that question in the air like uh, about strikes and then finally being told, okay, now you can go on the field. looks like mm-hmm. things are back underway. So you can see there was a bit of that relief, that excitement in them that like, okay, we're, you know, we're here to work. Let's, let's get to work. And, let's play some football. Like that, that was the general theme and the tone over the weekend was that they wanted to work. And it was just about getting better every day and, you know, improving themselves. And it, it, you know, like you get to see, you got just to see a taste of what's happening. And there is definitely a lot to be excited about. Oh, for
1: sure. I mean, you know, for the first time this year, we had the, the chance to see all of our quarterbacks in action. Um, you know, got to see who, you know, the players that weren't there, you know, being either suspended or whatnot, you know, we were able to see some of our other running backs go after it. You know, um, I, I think for me it was one of the interesting things, and it's not really, a, and it's not really a thing that is really published or, or publicized in any way. And obviously, it, it occurs because it is camp, and things can happen. It was interesting, and I'm going to be as vague as possible because I, I think I. Oh, the players that I saw and, uh, and to you know just keep this information as it is, because if the team's not reporting it, then you know, there's no reason I think in for, at least in my case, I don't think there's any really reason to, to say who specifically, but it was very interesting to see the players that, that were nicked up uh, how they went about their pra- their practice session, you mm-hmm. know, and they were out there. They were out there rehabbing as best as they could, depending on the situation that they had. Um, whether it be from the different stretches, whether it be from working the weights, whether it was using the, the medicine balls or stuff like that. You know, it was, it was again, it was a, a side of camp that I really never really paid attention to. But I thought it was pretty cool.
0: Mm-hmm. And if there's a a positivity taken of the fact that some of these, uh, I'll say more established players, were kind of off to the side, it really allowed the the young up and comers or the guys that nobody knew about, it gave them their chance to shine, their chance to work with the veterans and show what they can do on a football field. And let's not forget, folks, this is where you find your superstars. You know, like you, you take a look at the the players that you love and the the well known names on this team. At one point, they were that guy that you were going down the depth chart going, who the hell is that guy? Where did he play? Who is he? Huh? Yeah. What? What about so-and-so? Like, you know, insert name of famous player here. Why isn't he practicing? Who the heck is this guy? Yeah. Well, guess what? Who the heck is this guy? In two, three years, he becomes your superstar. He becomes that household name. He's the guy that you just went and bought his jersey at the game last week. Like that's that's where it starts, folks. I mean, like this is what your opportunity. You know what the superstars can do. You know what the the established veterans can do. I'm I and hopefully you as well should be more interested in finding out the guys that are they're signed. Like, well, why did we sign so many running backs? Well, there's probably a reason for that because yeah. you want to see who's available, who's next, who's going to step up when so and so gets injured. This is the time. This is where you find out who's got it and who doesn't got it. Yeah.
1: That's true. And camp is it, actually a real camp this year with the, uh, with the, you know, the intra squad game. And, 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 uh, you know, we're praying that there will be preseason games and there'll be, you know, continue continuance of, of camp and whatnot. And so, um, over the, uh, over the two days prior to the intra squad game, Cliff, what, what were the, some of the things that, stood out to you the most things that may have oppressed you the most may have, whether we have been a player or where or, or how because i mean we've been to camp before but what what were your thoughts on on some of the, on the first two days at camp that we were there
0: i mean we could talk about players and we certainly will talk but there was a, a number of players that really stood out for us and we were really excited to see and we're not disappointed in what they were able to bring but uh as far as like the overall atmosphere, I think just being in an actual stadium, being able to watch these guys do what they do and get the opportunities they need to, to make the moves, like to, to do what they need to do in order to actually be able to be considered a football player was excellent. Again, I'm, I have no doubt in my mind that uh, last year's training camp, was, which was abridged and closed off to the public, so we have no idea what kind of training went on there have no idea how they were able to prepare so I mean you were kind of left wondering just what was happening in camp whereas this year you got to see everything because you you know people were allowed to attend and see what was going on uh, to me like I just think that the the atmosphere was fantastic it was what I expected a training camp to be yeah uh, every day rosters were there for everybody to help themselves to that way you can see like oh what who's number 29 what he just made a great play Oh that's so, okay. Yeah all all yeah,
1: right all 3 days. All 3 days that we were there. Yep. P- p- you know props to the to the elves uh, for doing that. I will admit.
0: Yeah, I mean this is like cuz again like you go on the website and it's not always updated. So I mean it that that was my concern was not being able to know okay, for example, like uh, 2021 draft picks. What numbers were they going to be assigned? Because I want to keep I want to keep an eye on them. I want to see what they're up to. It may not show on the website, but these depth charts they're, they're there. They're given to the media. So why wouldn't they be given to anyone else who is attending the, the, the training camp sessions? So, yeah, just like you, I, I got to give props to the team for uh, being able to provide those to everyone and anyone who wanted it because it made <laughs> things a lot easier. Because, yeah, I was referring to it numbers of times just because I wasn't 100% sure like, or, or finding out that someone changed their number even. Like, it's like oh, yeah. OK. Yeah. For example, Trevor Harris, who was wearing 17 next last year. He's now wearing his familiar number seven, which I'm sure is going to upset a lot of longtime Alouettes fans for obvious reasons. But hey, listen, numbers are numbers, folks. I mean, <laughs> like it's you know, as long as they're not wearing thirteen or eighty six, it's all good.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and for me, I was I was I was wondering how he lost lost the number one, and I and I finally figured it out. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh uh VA's playing again. So uh, Trevor isn't number one anymore. <laughs> ooh, 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 <laughs> he's currently at current it's nay. Hey, it's it's the truth. It's the truth. He geez. he he is currently number two. He is? It's it's not a lie. Could be a
0: slight nope, he, could be a slight, but it's not a lie. No, and I, I think that's I been think well the I think
1: that joke went over really well. Okay,
0: this <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> coming from the guy who who effectively saved his life on day one. <laughs> yeah, it's one thing we didn't say. You're uh, right.
1: It's one thing we did forget about. You know, we were coming into the stadium for the very first time, and Cliff's driving, and then you know the players are are, are just you know coming out uh, because they were delayed coming out to the stadium by by sound of it, and there go there you know Trevor Harris. It's like Cliff push the brake he 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 is our number two best quarterback so
0: oh, i saw him and i just i, I just want acknowledgement that you know people who think i hate trevor harris i could have ran him over could have been an accident quote unquote but i didn't do it <laughs> so you know just i I just, I just want the record to show that i did not hit trevor harris with no, my car no you did not no I, Ill, no, desi- no, I had no I desire. I had
1: no desire. I say, and no ill will. Exactly, right. no ill will.
0: None at all. No, none at all. Um, but
1: it's yeah, I, I, I'm i agreeing with you. I mean, it's just looking at at the rosters too, and and being able to watch guys. And I will admit, you know, it's learning some of these players stuff like that. I I, I saw, you know, I guess it's something I really didn't get to see because we we. It really, he really wasn't in with the team that long. With you know, with Va being hurt and Trevor Harris becoming the number one last year, actually being able to see the differences in those two types of, you know, those two quarterbacks.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I, I said to you multiple times that I, you know, and other people that were there that I spoke with that, you know, the difference in, in these two, you know, in Trevor Harris and in Vernon Adams and how they how they play and how they throw. I mean, it's completely different, but it, it you know, it gets done. But you know, it's we saw a lot of what we normally saw with Trevor Harris, at least at the tail end of last year. It did change up a little bit um, when they started having the the mini scrimmages and stuff like that. And then we saw some stuff with the um, with the uh, inter squad game, which we'll get to here in a couple of minutes. But out, out of everyone that you saw, um. Who impressed you? I know for me, at least during practice, uh, it was, I guess what, I guess he would be considered, I'm guessing our number four at the moment, Davis Alexander from Portland state, uh, quarterback that I thought he was, he was playing very, very well during practices. He didn't do, do so well during the scrimmage itself, but, um, he had a, he threw a dime. I mean, it was just like a laser. And I was really impressed. I think he's a, he's a he's a shorter, shorter quarterback. What is he? He's it doesn't. Six, uh, six feet. The information they have here under height makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> Did you notice these numbers?
0: Well, he's five eleven.
1: Is that is that what is that how it reads? Yes. Okay. Then what's what's the number? What's the two after it?
0: Well, I'm guessing it's. Five foot eleven point two. I mean,
1: okay, <laughs> I I was really wondering, you- yeah, okay, okay, now it makes more sense to me because it didn't make, make any sense. It's like, wait a minute, anyways, yeah, five eleven, but I-, I thought he impressed me. Uh, he impressed me quite a bit. Uh, yes. Warren, New- Warren Newman double zero. Uh, you think he would be a spitting image of, um, of who was it? Uh um, Ezra Landry. Yeah, of Ezra Landry. Uh oh, yeah. and do, and don't believe that it says he's 55. Five.
0: Yeah, 55 five was very generous. He's considerably shorter than 55. Five. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And obviously I, we, we got to see our number, our number one draft pick. We got to see, you know, so but it, for me that's I think that really stood out. I mean, uh the running backs did a great job uh, uh you
0: know I, I
1: for me, I mean, and what about you? What about you?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm definitely with you with uh, Davis Alexander, just in the sense his mechanics mm-hmm. were on point, like his throwing technique, his footwork, everything was it was clicking. At least in the uh, in the drills that he was doing, and just in the, the mini scrimmages uh, during the tra- regular training camp sessions. The scrimmage game, he was okay. Not he had like flashes of brilliance, which you know it comes to be expected because again. Obviously, the attention was going to be on Vernon Adams, Trevor Harris, and Dominique Davis, the guys who have actually played in the league. Yeah. So he he was basically going to have to settle for table scraps, and that's to be expected. However, he did throw an absolute dime, as you said, like a frozen rope right to Kion Julian Grant to score a touchdown. Yep. Absolutely beautiful. And he made quite a few really, really nice throws in camp as well. I mean, this is a guy that I think is definitely going to get a lot of attention. And if we do get a preseason game on, on Saturday, he's definitely someone who I'm hoping is going to get a lot of reps in that, in that game experience against Hamilton. Because, like I said, not perfect. There's still a lot to work on. But, I mean, as I said, fundamentally, like he's one of the more mechanically sound quarterbacks that I've seen come up in a while. And I'm really curious to see what, uh, what he can do in an actual game situation
1: yep i agree with you uh, beyond that uh Ayala, i mean oh uh, wow i you know really my first thing my I, I, I don't pay attention to these guys from that really not with the alouettes you know i'll know the names but not really watch them but i think he did amazing uh something that we, he, we it was we, catching just about everything yep somebody <laughs> that we really put a spotlight on too was uh uh rookie fabian Guerra. um Finally, getting you know finally getting that that at least that chance because you know with as you mentioned on social media the, you know two years of camp and because uh, you know can't not going to camp because of COVID and stuff like that and finally getting his choice out you know basically out of the arena league. Um, obviously he was very impressive, especially in the scrimmage. Wow. Oh man.
0: Yeah, Yeah. 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 Um, I to mean, think. every day, every day he was there making just outstanding plays happen, and you could see it. Like he, he was a workhorse. I mean, he was not just making outstanding plays as a receiver, but like he jumped in at returner. Yeah, special teams. Like, and I was glad to see that too. I mean,
1: all you know, everything aside by the way, in pure transparency here is that I've known I know Fabian from his Arena League days, and I'm just glad to have these guys be able to see to get the shot. Uh, to try to you know try to further their career in uh, when it comes to pro football so um
0: no this is he was a guy that was definitely making the most of it like you can tell and even in speaking with him afterwards you can tell he yeah. was just grateful to have this opportunity and exactly. You knew he was going to make the most of every every rep that he was given. Yeah,
1: and, and people that know of him and know uh, and actually appreciate what he's doing. I'm sure, and I'm sure all players are the same way. Same way how we talked to Vernon, how we talked to Gina, how we talked to uh, our, you know, our friends on the defensive line and stuff like that. I'm sure they're all the same way. But these rookies that come in, if you know, if you have somebody that knows of you, knows what you've been able to do, and if anybody, you know, I, I've we've had Fabian on, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, was it last uh, year before
0: yeah in 2020 uh
1: again go we've tweeted it out on on our facebook page um what he did on his on his birthday of all things three years ago scoring six touchdowns on his birthday mm-hmm. just go watch see what the dude can do but again he was just one of others that really just stood out uh you know early on during camp itself that we saw and then again on the on scrimmage scrimmage day so
0: no, that's, And that's really what it comes down to, folks, is you get an opportunity, you make the most of it. And no excuses because, again, he could have easily packed it in. Like, and I'm sure he was frustrated, too, with the lack of uh, no training camp in 2020. Uh, 2021, he wasn't with the team either. Uh, tried you know, tried to get his hand in the spring league, was trying desperately to get back onto a football field any way he could. Yalouette's brought him back late last season, but essentially was just on the practice roster. Like This was his first true opportunity to show what he can do. And believe me, folks, he made the most of it. Like, (laughs) if you were at camp, you saw exactly what we saw, and he was outstanding. And if you haven't had a chance to see him yet, just you wait, because believe me, like, this guy will come as advertised. Like, he is the real deal. Like, my goodness. Like, (laughs) like, I mean, I was impressed with him before from his arena days, but just actually seeing him in action, 100% live, tell you what, folks, be very excited to see Fabian Garrett play for the Alouettes. Yep. Um,
1: before we talk about the scrimmage and talk about obviously the, you know, the, the, what could be the pending doom or what we've been led to believe currently when it comes to the you know, CBA contra- the CBA shenanigans, uh, just to remind everybody, we are on social media. Uh, there are multiple platforms where you can follow us. You can uh, check us out over on Facebook. You can just do a search for Alouette's flight deck pod. Uh, obviously our main place where you are, you can find all of our archives is over at Alouette's. Flightdeck.ca. Uh, you can catch us on Instagram. Just search for Alouette's Flight Deck um, Don't forget our merch store. We have a whole bunch of new stuff there that I'm sure you guys will like. Um, also, YouTube. We're still, as I said, we're the con. It's still out there where we are going to be giving away this uh, this free is free satin jersey to one of the first hundred or hundred or hundred plus. People who actually go and like uh, our YouTube page do a general search for uh, Instagram. uh, Sorry, for Alouette's Flight Deck on uh, YouTube and obviously with Twitter. Our main Twitter is at uh, Alouette's FL Deck. And if you want to reach us by email, multiple ways that you can do so, you can reach us out, reach out to us at alowitzpodcast at gmail.com or Tim.capper at alowitzflightdeck.ca or Cliff over at Clifford.pine at alowitzflightdeck.ca. Um By the way, one thing we didn't mention, I did a quick mention to something else that they did besides giving out the giving out the rosters and stuff like that Cliff is that for anybody who was there the Alouettes had also made up uh, a, 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 I guess a little bit of a treat for fans who were there they actually had a for, uh, a a card that had a promo code for anybody who was there specifically at camp so that they could uh, have a special deal on tickets for the opener on, the, uh, on what is currently supposed to be the opener on uh on june 23rd and uh don't have the code with me um <laughs> you have to go to training camp in order to get it um
0: <laughs> exactly it's for those that's in the know so
1: yeah um uh, but that that was a nice that was a nice uh, uh little thank you from the alouettes uh organization to all the fans that were there so um yeah uh so thoughts on the uh um, what you said, what you saw pre-game, uh, what you saw during, and and uh, we'll talk about the scrimmage. So what are your thoughts? Uh-huh.
0: Well, when it comes to the intra-squad game or scrimmage, however you want to phrase it, uh, I mean, one thing you got to remember is it's as close to the real thing as you're going to get when it comes to lining up against your teammates because obviously nobody's going to go out there and, and truck you. Nobody's going to try and make you look stupid or anything like that. Like All you have to do is just go out and make plays and i think everything that i've seen so far from this team there's a lot to be excited about i mean va got off to a bit of a, a shaky start but you know by the end he was slinging it pretty hard and looking pretty good i mean like you can see his awareness and and just the way he he commands attention uh like there's there's no question that he is the leader of this team and everything goes through him as it should be because listen it he, he's been through enough. He, he's he been through a lot. And I think there's a little bit of redemption on his mind as well. He did not like how his season ended last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wants to prove that he's the man. He wants to prove that he belongs as a leader on this football team. And I, I think his actions in camp, through like, the training camp sessions that we saw, and even in this interest squad game, he was showing the signs of a leader, which we've come to expect out of this guy. So, it's it was great to see. Uh, I think the other quarterbacks that were there also brought a lot to the table as well. Uh, Dominique Davis just looked very solid. He looked like someone that could easily become the backup, uh, depending on how things go. But uh, he 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 was definitely in control in control as well and uh, looking very solid. Of uh, I mean, like I said, a lot of guys that have made plays as, as we talked about Fabian Guerra, just. Absolutely beautiful touchdown. Uh, I believe if you go to the Alouette's Twitter account, uh, you'll see a video of it. Uh, caught a beautiful pass from Trevor Harris. Yeah. And what blew me away more than anything else, Tim, mm-hmm. like obviously you and I were excited for him because yeah. we, we've known him for a while and we know what he can do. Hearing the fans losing their minds for that touchdown and then watching him walk back to the huddle and seeing every single person go up, and high five him yeah. and hug him yeah. and just, you know, show him love. Yeah. And you can see like, he was grinning from ear to ear. Like he, like you can see the look on his face. Like, yes, finally, mm-hmm. finally. Like you, you feel like the weight just lift off of him. Like everything that was going on over the past couple of years with him, like this validated him. Like he, you can see, you can see it. And, you can't help but love that like yeah. that that to me is like someone that wants to be a part of this team wants to show what he can do in this league
1: and he had, like, he actually came up to us because I think he saw us real briefly at the end of the game but post game undressed came out came over to us and we were chatting and whatnot so it's yeah, that that's that's the other thing to love about this league that really is oh. I mean for for any player just to come up and, and uh you know any any guy that you know
0: yeah uh,
1: mm-hmm. you know, so it, it, that was pretty cool too
0: no, and like I said, guys made plays. I mean, like, listen, it. The real test, of course, will be against an, oppo- an actual opponent, not oh. against your your teammates. But there's a lot to like. There's a lot of things that needed to be worked on. But uh, I mean, I think this, this defense is going to be extremely sound. I, I think the offense too, once they get clicking, is going to be a force to be reckoned with again. So I mean, like, like I said, there's definitely a lot to like about this football team. It's just now it's a matter of okay. We know what they can do against each other, and everybody looks great when, you know, you're not going full tilt and you're not trying to kill each other. Let's see what happens when this team is up against actual competition. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited to see that. I think, to me, that's what's going to be more—the most incredible thing to see more than anything else is just see how this team, as it sits right now, how they fare up against—like I said, it'll be hopefully Hamilton this Saturday, next Thursday in Ottawa— or Against Ottawa, I should say, at home. I'm, I'm, it sounds crazy to say that you're excited for a preseason game, but I am excited to see how this group plays in an actual game atmosphere against an actual opponent. So, yes, in that sense, I'm very excited about a preseason game. Oh,
1: yeah, 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 for sure. Um, but I'm 100% on on exactly what you said, too. Uh, just if nobody has ever been to an inter squad game, it's slightly different. I mean, there it's a full set of refs penalties are called um you know i I love how and it seemed early it seems to be working pretty well with the team cliff is that how they've gotten accustomed to staying outside of that five yard halo uh with it you know with with the recent modification to the uh no yards uh penalty rules Mm -hmm. um I was impressed with that. I think I don't think any were called. We, you and I, thought maybe one should have been called, but it, I guess overall, it, it, I guess it was just from where we were sitting.
0: Um, one I thing I did notice, though, just during the actual camp sessions, yeah. was special teams coach uh, Byron Archambault. He was really preaching on how to, yeah. like, like, you can see that like he was uh, again without seeing what they do, what they do in the film room. Like you could see him like working individually with certain players and making sure they understood the importance of giving that five-yard halo and you know, you know, just the little nuances that we're now gonna have to learn as the, the rules have changed and how how special teams now is gonna be even more important than ever. And I was concerned about that because again, with Jeff Reinbold's who was supposed to be the special teams coordinator, but then he's not in camp, and now it's Byron Archambault who's gonna be. So I, again he did special teams for the uh Caribbean, so he knows of it, but I, I, I was actually pleasantly surprised with just how much how up to speed he was with the current set, and how he was very adamant about making sure that the players really understood their role within the the special teams unit. Yeah,
1: and again, it's you know not everybody looked as good as we thought they were going to do uh, in the scrimmage itself. Again, you know, we were I was talking about uh, quarterback Davis Alexander earlier. I think he struggled a little bit. Might have been because of the height itself. But then again, you know, we've had smaller quarterbacks in the CFL before, uh, but and they have thrived. I mean, duh, Doug Flutie. Um, (laughs) I think what was funny though is that you and I, at least myself, and I don't know if you're going to agree with me on this, you know, but uh, Dominic Davis, which I would currently call, I guess, our number three um, in camp, uh, in during the practices, something just seemed a little bit off. He actually looked pretty spot on during the scrimmage itself. So I was pretty impressed with how Dominic Davis played um, during the scrimmage. So uh, you know it, it would have been Va and Trevor and then Dominic and then um, and then uh, Davis Alexander. And I really can't comment on on Ben Holmes. Um, I just he, he got time at the end of the scrimmage. I think. Or close to the end of the scrimmage,
0: very um, little. But he, like he, he got a couple of reps, but not, not nearly enough to really make a a, a, a fair assessment on. Yeah. It.
1: Um, but all in all, also just want to give props. The you know to the fans. It, the place was almost packed. It was almost two thousand people at the actual uh, scrimmage itself. Uh, they did the. No real intros were done, but there's some intros done by uh, by the PA announcer. Um, the, the team got a standing ovation uh, coming in and leaving. Um, you know, uh, surprisingly, there were you know there were there was merch thrown out to the uh, uh, to the fans in the stands, whether it be from the uh, uh, the mini footballs to uh, to actual caps uh, that were thrown out uh, to this fans, and uh, you know, again after every game, the guy was there taking pictures, you know, the amount of pictures I think VA took. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so.
0: Oh, yeah. And I think, uh, again, after not having a training camp for the past two years, accessible to fans, like, I, I think all these players too kind of wanted to make up for lost time, like, to be able to interact with their fans, whether it was taking pictures or signing autographs or even just sitting and chatting for a minute or two about, about football itself. I mean, it was just, it was great. And, I'm very thankful we had the chance to chat with the guys that we, we we've known for a while, and like I said, they're just as excited I think to see us as we were to see them, and just getting caught up like it was old times, like it, it felt good, yeah. I mean, it felt so good to be able to talk with these guys. Just you know, you know, it's it's one thing to talk with these guys on social media or even here on the podcast, like in an interview. That's all well and good, but to get that actual face to face time, in 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 person. I mean, nothing tops that. And being able to do that again was great. I mean, I think it did us all a world of good. I, I like to think it did them good to sit and talk with us as well and just, you know, just share everything. And, you know, like, I, I'm very thankful that we had the opportunity to do that again. Uh, when you talk about the, the the overall success, as far as I'm concerned, like, it was so encouraging to see what it was. Even if it was mostly people from Trois-Riviers, I think working with the city, the Alouettes did and doing everything they can to make this training camp, like all of this training camp as successful as possible is doing things like this. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was incredible. I mean, it, I, I think for those three days that we were in Tuatha-Rivière, we got a lot of football in, which obviously does my heart a lot of good, <laughs> but, but to be able to be a part of something like this, cause I've been to some of these scrimmage games too. And you're lucky if you get a hundred fans to show up and, you know it's the diehards that are gonna be there. Like the diehards are gonna be there no matter what. But to get the community actually engaged and interested in this event. And we were skeptical about you know the fact that it was a holiday Monday evening mm-hmm. that you're having the scrimmage game, like it was kind of weird, but my God, it worked. It was <laughs> I mean, almost like a regular game day, dude. It was great. Yeah. I mean you you had a tailgate, you had yep. uh, you And know.
1: that's one thing we didn't mention, but they, they actually had full concessions.
0: Yeah, the boutique
1: actually made a trip. Corey made a trip up from Montreal and brought some merchandise that was being sold. He had a local radio station that was there playing tunes. Exactly. So it's hey, okay. why not?
0: No, like like I said, like I said, I, I, I give a lot of credit to the Alouettes and a lot of credit to the city of Trois Rivieres to you know go all in on this. And it really, they really made it the spectacle they wanted it to be. And that it should be. And it was so funny because after we pretty much took the team to task for their mishandling of the the whole day one of the strike or day one of camp, technically, which led to the strike. After dropping the ball there, I think they pretty much picked up the ball and scored a touchdown with this past weekend, as far as I'm concerned. Like they they redeem themselves in that sense. So I, I got to give props to that. Like we, we'll we take them to task when they do things wrong, but you got to give respect and show, you know, show some props when they do things properly. And mm-hmm. this past weekend things were done properly and I, I got to take my hat off. Well, not that I'm a hat guy, but I got to give, I gotta give <laughs> You will be soon. What choice do I have? I got cooked out yeah, there. We the we sun. both
1: got cooked. I mean, the, the, by the way, the way that the sun is at the stadium, folks, is that it, it's the sun is from east to west. Mm-hmm. So we got it in the morning, and the right side, the left side of my face just got absolutely scorched the first day. Um, so so did uh, the left, basically uh, the left side of my body, uh, because okay. it was so you know so damn warm. I mean, thirty degrees, thirty nine with the humidex, it was just scorching. Um. I guess that you know with the way because the way the sun you know, how it was setting on on Monday at the scrimmage, uh, you know my face was able to balance out. So <laughs> you, on the other hand, as I said, get a tilly, you'll still look good, buddy. I can promise you that.
0: <laughs> yeah, my 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 scalp was pretty tender by the end of uh, the weekend. Let me tell you, folks, it was it was it was not, it was not for, And yeah, my face too. Just yeah. Got a, I, I got the ultimate farmers hand going.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think we all did. I mean, did we go? I said warm, and then it was it was some. It was chilly on on Monday for sure. It warmed up a little bit once the sun came out, uh, but then it cooled off again. But it, you know, the, hey, well, welcome to uh, uh, Sprummer. S- S- Sprummer, can we call it Sprummer in Canada? Sprummer, <laughs> spring and well, summer, Sprummer.
0: Well, uh, I laughed because you know the expression like if you don't like the weather in Alberta, wait fifteen minutes. That could have that could have easily been Trois Rivieres this past weekend. Yeah, you got yeah. just about everything but snow. Okay. I mean, you got hot, you got cold, you got rain, you got sun. You 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 yeah, name you, it, you got it. You had power outages. Yeah, you had trees felled. I mean, yeah. my goodness, like the <laughs> we, we, you you see like tornado warnings and thunderstorm yeah, warnings. Yeah, yeah. Like wow, this is crazy and. Yeah, it, it made for a very interesting weekend, folks. Uh, I'm, but you know what? I wouldn't trade it for anything. Same here.
1: Now, here comes the interesting part. So we're we're sitting there at scrimmage, and we happen to notice something. I think it was uh, Joey was looking at it, was looking at something, or ended up showing something to uh, Alawitz President Mario Cicchini. uh And as soon as I saw that something, something went off in my head your spidey sense was tingling, yeah, yes., uh, and check Twitter and then, sure enough, that's when we found out that the um, that the tentative agreement that was reached uh, a week ago, as we are taping this uh, was rejected
0: by the players association
1: by the players' association, yep. Um yeah
0: this is and what, this is while while the team was on the field folks like while this game was going on yeah. we got this news and yeah we <laughs> were looking at each other like okay well let's enjoy this action because we may not get any more for a little bit
1: yeah and I will admit the we we spoke with you know cuz they were on the field and we spoke with Gino Lewis and uh, Vernon Adams after the game and and uh, they were basically there at the same time, and we, we happened to mention what had happened, and the look it was just pure shock on their faces, hearing what the result was. Now, now this yeah. is not knowing how they voted that's not what I'm trying to get into, but I think it was just and, and it wasn't manufactured. it was pure, honest, genuine shock on their faces. When they found out that it that it had been ratified,
0: yeah, which leads me to believe that they probably thought it was a good deal and probably voted for it. Again, I, I'm not saying they did. I'm just saying you know I'm just speculating here. But uh, just based on solely on their reaction when we kind of broke the news to them, the general surprise, like the kind of that "wait, what" feeling, yeah, that, that they shared with us, like yeah. it was. And then it was like, okay, well, what you know. Like what do we do? And didn't seem to be any panic. Didn't seem to be any doom and gloom right away. It was like, okay, well, let's let's see what happens. And I guess that was their general attitude. Like, okay, let's let's enjoy this, mm-hmm. and w- we'll let the chips fall where they may.
1: Yeah, and and then we, you know, obviously the stuff has come out and everybody knows about this. So we're sorry, if you've you've heard this information already, um, but you know, we heard that. Uh, obviously, that the rookies did not vote in this because they're not full fledged members uh we found out that it was uh thirty percent of the union itself, the players within the union the members did not vote, which was a huge surprise to me. I was like, is there that much apathy or is there that there was there that much acrimony <laughs> yeah um and then and then it's just gone from there, you know. Everybody was saying it, you know, it, something popped up when it was uh, there was no money put forward for the uh, basically to, to ratify the ratification bonus, um, and the, the big thing which many people are, are not really surprised about because that's what's still being talked about even to now, even with the the changes that the uh, CFL has offered to the CFLPA is. The the extra naturalized Canadian and that 49% rule when it came to how much these extra Americans listed as Canadians are going to be able to play.
0: Right, which was – the 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 water was kind of muddy on that already, and there was, seemed to be a, a sense of, well, we'll figure it out as we go along. And I guess that wasn't good enough for the players, which in a way I can't blame them for because, as you said, like how do you track something like that? Yeah. It, it makes it very difficult. So, and then you're going to sign that, and it's going to be, you know, ironclad for the next seven years. In that sense, I can sort of understand why some of the players would be like, uh, "I'm, I'm not signing off on that." Which seemed to be the case. <laughs> yep. I mean, 30 percent of those eligible to vote did not vote. I mean, they say vote, not voting is also a vote, and I think it was made pretty clear what. The thought was on this deal that uh, even even though the bargaining committee had recommended it, the player representatives had, for the most part, seemed to be in agreement with this. The players, I guess, once they got all their information, they they made their decision and said, yeah, no, this this isn't going to work. Yeah.
1: Um, And then the whole talk now has come out now. It's going to be the Canadian versus American players. I don't know if I want to really – I don't (laughs) – I don't really buy into that narrative. Um, you know, you would have to know how somebody voted in order to, to – you know, if that sort of thing is being created. Uh, when you first heard that, Cliff, you know, from the insiders, what were your thoughts about that?
0: I mean it's definitely interesting. I mean it's definitely interesting just uh, – it would be kind of curious to see just exactly who voted for what. I mean it's easy to s- assume – Based on nationality, who voted for what? But uh, I mean, uh, on first glance, a lot of people were saying like the CFL had really made a lot of concessions in order to get this get this thing moving. Yeah. But the players, I mean, stuck. You know, they're sticking to their guns, which has to be admired as well. But at the same time, also means we may not get football anytime soon, which is also a, a very bitter pill to swallow for a lot of people as well.
1: Yeah, and if, if anybody didn't know that the uh, there has been a deadline put forth by the CFL on their quote-unquote final offer, I know we've already heard that twice, mm-hmm. um, but their final offer, and it has to be decided upon by Thursday at, at midnight, uh, so it's Thursday night at midnight. Um, it's just a matter now of will the CFL PA Bring it forth to the players and ask them to vote. We don't know that. That's still the current narrative as as we're taping this as this you know, taping this episode. So,
0: mm-hmm. and the the league has basically said too, like if you don't come up with a a better offer, we're gonna like we'll we'll start taking back concessions. And if you don't accept this offer too, and provide a, a like a, a better counter offer, then you're getting locked out no more being fed no more being housed figure figure your own stuff out
1: yeah uh there were so the CFL modified their offer slightly uh, they did give them a uh ratification bonus um i think the numbers were close to uh two numbers were put out there 50,000 per team or 50,000 per team, or it was like 450. I don't remember what it was, but I mean, it's,
0: it was 450,000, which basically meant 50 K per team.
1: There we go. And then there was some clawback on some of the, some of the monies that was being given, I think in the, uh, the twenty twenty nine or 2028 or 2029 season. Um, so there's some slight modifications. There where some money was taken away. Um, Mm -hmm and obviously the 49% was gone uh, it's now down to one naturalized canadian um but again as we're taping this again as I said at the top of the show cliff what, what a change from from topics from one week to the next Holy crap
0: yeah and you know it, it, it's fascinating like th- this time last week we were watching things unfold right before our eyes (laughs) as we were recording. Yeah. yeah. And I think we were kind of hoping that, you know, that's, you know, lightning would strike twice. And then like, as we were recording this current episode, that more stuff would unfold and maybe hopefully things would be good again. But so far it looks like, you know, I guess they're going to wait till the 11th hour once again to make a decision. And it's interesting too, because, uh, uh, Toronto Argonauts were supposed to fly to Ottawa tomorrow in preparation for their preseason game, and that's been put on hold. Uh, Edmonton, too, was supposed to go to Winnipeg. Uh, that too looks like it's on hold. Uh, like I said, lots of interesting stuff, and you know,
1: <laughs> yeah, other teams are putting out tweets that they are practicing. I think Herb Zarkowski in today, he had a story tonight where he said that they will be practicing. Uh, I saw Ottawa just put out a presser stating or uh, a statement. Saying that they will be practicing from only from ten thirty to I think it's from ten ten to to eleven thirty or to twelve sorry to twelve something like that. That's not that's not a long practice, but anyways, maybe that was already scheduled something like that. Um, we just want again we we just want football. We just want a fair deal. And we and we just want football to be played. We we don't want this, you know, the first strike in you know in fifty years to go any farther than it currently has i mean it's we just want to be in stadium and that's what we told the guys when we saw them uh, on on monday evening after the scrimmage
0: yeah like you gotta you gotta take care of yourselves you gotta you gotta get what's best for you there's no question about that but you we've also got to be playing football too mm-hmm. there's there's no question about that i mean like just what we saw this this weekend like i said just it stoked the fire again. You know what I mean? Like it's that, that feeling again of being able to watch football. I mean, like live there, there, there's really nothing like it. And, you know, like I, I just sincerely hope this was not the last little bit of football that we're going to see for a while. I I really want to believe cooler heads will prevail. I want to believe that something I want to believe it's going to get figured out. And like, they're going to come to like, find some sort of common ground, and Make this work somehow, yeah. But I mean, like I said, it, it's easy to get caught up in the you know, the negativity and the what ifs, and you know, what's really the issue at hand here. And it, it I have to admit, it is kind of funny to watch uh, you know, football media types uh, sniping at each other, you know, turning this you know, reporting news into a, a pecker waving contest. Oh, but, I, uh, it was, I was like,
1: what. I know, I know what you mean Um, By the way, we are still planning on giving away the uh, uh, Starting the contest to give away the the pair of tickets to the uh, preseason game for the Alouettes Stay tuned as long as there is a season and everything still goes according to plan But yeah, we are still planning on giving away these tickets So stay tuned for more information on that Mm-hmm. Um, but before we leave, we want to at least update everybody on too. There were some, uh, interesting, um, uh, roster moves, uh, uh off roster, the former Alouettes backup quarterback, Shay Patterson was actually released by the USFL's Michigan Panthers. Uh, so much for that number one pick. Um, <laughs> <Whoops>. <laughs> um but besides, hey, there was another person who played in the, in the, uh, USFL that is, is good back with the Alouettes,
0: right? Absolutely, uh, Matt Mangle, who was on the uh, the practice roster last year, uh, kicker for the Alouettes, uh, he decided he wanted to try his hand at the USFL and you know put up some pretty decent numbers, but ultimately just wasn't wasn't up to their their liking. So he was shown the door, and lo and behold, Matt is now back with the Alouettes to compete for the. Uh, you know, either kicker and and punt and or punter, mm-hmm. or you know, at least have another leg on the on the roster, which is great. We're definitely happy to have him back in the lineup. Also, very happy to note that uh, the Alouettes have repatriated one Antonio Simmons. Ain't no kidding, eh? Which is incredible because let's not forget, folks, Antonio Simmons was with the Alouettes last year, defensive end. And he was traded to the Elks for Trevor Harris. And at the time, I was surprised because this is a, a young up-and-coming player who I, I thought definitely belonged on this team. But obviously, to get something of note, you have to give up something of note. What I find interesting, though, is uh, Simmons didn't obviously stick around. He clearly wasn't uh, of the uh, Chris Jones type. I guess, and which led to him being released uh now he's back in Montreal, and Trevor Harris is still in Montreal at a discounted rate, no less, yeah, so you think about it, Danny Machocha, general manager of the Alouettes, trades a guy to get a guy, keeps the the guy that he traded for, gets him at a lower rate, and then gets the original guy that he traded for, so now. You gotta be impressed. You gotta be impressed with how Danny Mack just kind of moves in silence. He makes moves and you know everybody laughs because you know, he's got a type, he's got this, this, and but you know what, he makes moves that you're like, holy crap,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's genius. Like you now have Antonio Simmons, who you gave up initially, he's back in the fold. You still have Trevor Harris, who you traded Simmons for, and you have Harris at a much lower rate. I mean, this is win, win, win all day long, folks. I mean, it's – as I said, he Daddy Mac is playing chess. Everybody else is playing checkers at this point. Yeah, it, it's incredible. Tiddlywinks? Tiddlywinks. Or uh, cheesy? I, I, <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh,
1: <laughs> also, it was uh, running back Jordan Scarlett. Um, he was added to the active roster today. Uh, mm-hmm. But what was, what was interesting is that Tavian Feaster from South Carolina, who actually was practiced yesterday – uh, and uh, linebacker y- Yanis uh, Chilhat, they both were added to the list of suspended players. It's interesting to see what what was the what was the reasoning behind you know, Feaster being on the active roster yesterday and practicing, and then being switched over to the suspended list today. Uh, maybe it's something that we don't know about. Maybe it's a family situation. Maybe we don't know. But he's been added to the to the suspended list. Uh,
0: uh, Feaster has so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, both uh, Feaster and uh, Jordan Garlett; these were guys that were signed with much fanfare, and we're supposed to be really excited about these uh, ex- potentially explosive running backs uh, being a part of the Alouettes. Uh Now, one is, and one may not be. So we'll yeah. see how that works out. It's going to be interesting. But uh, uh, one thing I will say about the running back position, though, is uh, there's there's some talented horses there. I mean, never mind William standback. We already know what he can do. We know how amazing he is. Uh, Jeshman Antwi, he had some incredible runs. Uh, Taku Lee, the global player from uh, last year's draft, he had an outstanding day on Sunday. Yeah, he did, yeah. And Delance Turner, who was uh, with the, the Ottawa Redblacks last year, now in camp, he had some pretty outstanding runs as well. So, I mean, like you, you think about this backfield, Tim. There is some talent here. There are some dudes on this on this roster that can really run the rock. And you know, it, if whatever's going to happen with, with uh, Feaster and uh, Scarlet, you know, whatever happens, happens. But listen, there's no shortage of talent already in camp. But if you can add on to that and just like the rich get richer, it's going to make for a very interesting preseason game if we get it on Saturday because there's a lot of guys on this team that could run this football, and it, it'll be fun to watch. Exactly. Speaking of
1: preseason, before we finish up, uh, TSN did announce their preseason uh, schedule. Uh, The Alouettes game at home versus the Red Blacks, which is currently scheduled for June third, Friday, June third, is at seven p.m. Also, it will be the one will be televised by TSN. Uh, The game, which is currently scheduled for this weekend versus Hamilton, is supposed to be. broadcast by rds but and worse are i think if you want to see the if you do want to see the english broadcast uh the tiger cats are going to be having their uh their own broadcast online through tiger T- tiger cats tv or whatever they're calling it so just head over to the tiger cats website uh and they will have the the broadcast there but it will be available both in english and in french for the first game
0: fantastic and I'm telling you I'll tell you what folks seriously just based on the people we talked about this evening you may not find you know you may not want to waste a Saturday night quote-unquote watching a preseason football game but I'm telling you right now if you want to see some really outstanding talent just waiting for their chance to shine you, you got to tune into this preseason game if it happens because like I said the guys that we mentioned today they've been balling out and I'm really excited to actually see them in an actual game atmosphere it's going to be incredible to see like I expect these guys really to stand up and make their name heard and make a case to be a member, a full-time member of the Montreal Alouettes. Not just practice roster, but mm-hmm. to become an actual roster player on this team. And a lot of these guys, as far as I'm concerned, have that opportunity. It, I think it's really going to come down to what they can do with their preseason opportunities. And it starts this Saturday, or at least it, it's supposed to start this Saturday. So here's hoping it is. Here's hoping that, as we said, cooler heads will prevail when it comes to this whole... Uh, you know collective bargaining agreements and just getting it getting it figured out once and for all and getting these guys on the field so they can actually play an actual football game
1: exactly and one last thing before we go uh, from Dan Barnes on social today uh, literally in the past uh, little bit uh, he says hearing that the CFL and the CFLPA have engaged in collective bargaining talks off and on all day but the CFLPA leadership not yet prepared to take current deal to membership for a vote. Talks will continue in hopes of getting to that point by the CFL-imposed deadline of midnight Eastern Thursday.
0: There you go. So, I mean, the clock is ticking. And I I think just like in football in general, clock management is so important. I don't think it's been any more important than it is right now. Like the next 24 or so hours is going to be crucial. So I'm going to keep thinking positive thoughts. I'm going to keep thinking, okay, this – This has to get done. It's just a matter of maybe some certain T's have to be crossed and certain I's have to be dotted. I really hope that's really all it is. Find a happy medium. Find a way to make it work for both the league and its players, whether they're Canadian, American, or other. Find a way to make it work. That's really what it comes down to because, like I said, we got a taste of that football life again, and I want more. I know you want more. I think everybody wants more, so let's make it happen.
1: I agree. Uh, stay tuned to our all of our socials uh, for any updates on the, the the what we hope to be as good news and uh, for the upcoming game uh, this weekend. Um, but on that, we will be back to talk about something. We don't know what yet, but we'll be back next week to talk about something uh, Alowitz related. So for everybody here at the Alowitz flight deck for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Capper. We're on final approach. Tingo!